All right, we're going to be at Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24. I've got it printed off for you there with some things highlighted, and that's what we'll be looking at. And uh, that's what we want to keep ourselves working on. <coughs> Let me get myself to it here. Tell you what. Let's all stand for the reading of God's Word this morning, just for a moment, real quick. Let's read the first two verses, Matthew 24, verses 1 and 2, and then we'll go to the Lord in prayer. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, there shall not be left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your prophetic word. But Lord, we also thank you for the fulfillment of your word. And Lord, we come to you this morning asking you, dear God, as already has been prayed by Brother Walt, Lord, convey this stuff to us. Speak to our heart. Open our understanding that we might understand the scriptures. Glorify yourself in what's done. And now, Father, I pray that you would just forgive me of all my sin. And God, that I might be a vessel fit to be used of you today. We ask it in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. You may be seated. All right. As we start off, I'm just going to start working through the highlighted stuff that you've got. We're going to go through the chapter, and we're going to talk about prophecy and warnings. And then we're going to end, I want you to go to the second page, all right? And I want you to notice something. When you start looking at verses 39 to 44 at the bottom, there on the second page, it says, Watch therefore, therefore be ye also ready. That's a, that's a warning of preparation. Are you prepared? Okay? Then the, at the bottom, the faithful and wise servant and the evil servant. You have two preachers here. You got one that's feeding the sheep and one that's not. Yeah. That's how Matthew 24 ends. Yeah. Right. Talking about the men of God. Yeah. Talking about you being prepared and whether somebody's preaching the word of God to you, feeding you spiritually. That's how it ends. So let's work our way toward that right now. As we go through this, first of all, I want you to go to verse 2. I'm just going to hit it, speak about it, and move on to the next one. Page 1, all right? Verse 2, Matthew 24, verse 2, And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. Listen, Matthew 24 is amazing because it starts with Jesus Christ. It ends with the second coming and stuff of Jesus Christ. And he's standing there telling all this. And he's speaking about everything in between. That's what's amazing to me. And so when we go to verse 2, look what he does here. He's talking about what's going to happen. And I just want you to know, when we went to Israel, we went down by the wall, a certain part of the wall, we went down there and just kind of walked down through there. And you know what was piled up there? Some of those old stones from the old temple. They're still there. 
huge, monstrous things. They're still there. They've been laying right there for over 2,000 years. And look at this. You know what that is? You know what I was looking at? Fulfilled prophecy. What Antichius Epiphanes from Rome went in there in A.D. 70, that's exactly what he did. He tore that place apart. You see that? A lot of stories go about that, but there shall not be left here one stone upon another. That shall not be thrown down. And you know what we were looking at? A small pile of those stones that had been thrown down. Fulfilled prophecy. As we go through this, I so much appreciate the fact that Matthew 24 starts off with a fulfilled prophecy. That's evidence that the Lord knew what he was going to bring about. Matthew 24 starts off with what? Fulfilled prophecy. That's amazing. So now we have these two questions. If you notice, I got this all divided up for you. But anyway, these two questions that the disciples ask. Verse 3. Watch this now. In verse 3, and as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? Wow. Yeah. Amen. Well, if you want, you can say, well, there's two questions there, or three, but whatever. But I want you to mark something. See the words, tell us. Tell us. Boy, if there's anything we want from God, we want God to tell us. Isn't that right? I want God to tell me something. I'm always praying for truth, truth, Lord, truth, truth. But these these guys, they tell us when. Tell us when. Tell us when. Now, watch this. Right under that, I've got big bold letters, the answer. And when I first read that, I, I was just amazed once again. Look at that now, the answer. And Jesus answered and said unto them. They said, tell us. And then the word of God says, Jesus answered and said unto them, he is going to tell them. Now, let's see what Jesus had to say to them And then God put it in the book. Now God's telling you and me. You see that? So as we look at this, I want you to take it personal this morning. It is for you. These things are written for our admonishment, the Word of God says. So they ask this question, tell us. And then these three Fabulous words in verse 4. And Jesus answered. Whoa. Let's see what Jesus had to say. He's going to answer them. And he's going to answer stuff for you this morning. All right. Let's see what the very first thing Jesus says to them. They want to know 
When shall these things be? What shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? Okay? Jesus does not answer that question first. Does He? He goes somewhere else and says something else. There's something more important than having the answer to those two things right there. So He's going to deal with that. Now look what He says. Take heed that no man deceive you. Amen. You're going to find the word deceive in verse 4, 5, 11, and 24. You're going to find the word many mentioned in verse 5, 10, 11, and 12. All right? So there's two words that you've got to watch right now. The word many, we'll find it in verse 5, verse 10, verse 11, verse 12. You're going to find the word deceive. That's the second word we've got to look at. You're going to find that in verse 4, verse 5, verse 11, verse 24. Okay? So now watch this. Take heed that no man deceive you. Now, what type of, re- what type of deception is that? It's going to be religious deception. Amen. Amen. There's all kinds of stuff outside, but he's talking to his disciples... And he, he wants them to know, take heed that no man deceive you religiously. You see, ladies and gentlemen, we have had an explosion of religion, but an oppression of truth. We, it's so easy for us to be deceived today. Boy, there's so much religion that looks so good, so inviting. But it's total deception. You see, what we find is this, and I'll talk about this a little bit later, but there's something extremely important about this. Now go to verse 5. For many, circle many, shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many, circle many, circle deceive again. Now I want you to know something. For many, it'll start off with, for many shall come in my name saying, I am Christ. Wow. Drop down. Let's read verse 23 and 24. Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, and there, believe it not. For there shall arise false Christ and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Right. You see, the deception is going to be so pretty, so nice, so inviting, so appealing. That's the danger of it. Right. That's the danger of it, people. Yeah. And he says here that with all of this, if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. That's the power of that deception. That's the acceptability of that deception. I want you to know something. Boy, listen, if the world likes what's being done, mark it down, it's wrong. Now, go back up, if you would, please, at verse 5. 
For many shall come in my name saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Now I want you to know something. Now when it says, I am Christ, it's just not the person. So often, prophetically speaking, we, we look at this, we say, well, there's people who's going to say, I'm Christ, and I'm Christ. But what we've got, prophetically speaking, we've got to look at this and realize there's going to be many people, many false churches, many false organizations, and they're all going to come to, to us and add us, telling us that, hey, I'm Christ, I'm with Christ, I'm preaching Christ. This is Christian. We're okay. You see, it's just not, as it says here, I am Christ and shall deceive many. There's something about that. It's just not Him. Right? When He says, I'm coming to you in the name of Christ. Just think of all of the false prophets of today. Of all the false organizations of today. Just think of all the false churches of today. And they all come at us in the name of Christ. You see that? And look what it says. And shall, that means they're going to have success, deceive many. Now listen to me. See, what does many mean? What we find is, boy, when many has a little thing in front of it, It means millions. You see, we're not talking about just a crowd on the street. We're talking about thousands and millions. Many. We can look at some pictures and we say, boy, there's a crowd there. Many done this, many done that. But when the Lord uses the word many here, he's talking about millions. You see, prophetically speaking, we've got to ask ourselves, what does many mean? It means millions. In other words, there's going to be millions of people around you that's going to accept this deception. And when they accept it, they're going to expect you to decept, accept it. That's right. right. And if you don't accept it, you will become an enemy of the state. That's right. That's right. Amen. Watch this now. Go to verse 6. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of war, see that ye be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Now you might want to mark that. The end is not yet. Because here in a while we're going to see where he says and this is the end. Alright? But there's two words I want you to see. You shall hear of wars and rumors. Hear rumors. Very, very important. You're going to hear rumors. And it's going to be rumors of wars. And rumors of wars. Conflict. All around you. You see that? And so we find then that the Lord says, guess what? There's going to be all of this upheaval around you. You're going to hear of this and rumors of this. I want you to see, ladies and gentlemen, 
If there's anything that brings anxiety to a human, it's to constantly hear about the instability of everything around them. Boy, they're hearing of wars and rumors of wars. What does that do? That brings severe instability to people. You listen to talk about the war. You talk about the war in Ukraine and realize that the Ukraine furnished something like 70% of the world's wheat. And, uh, but man, they're in a war now. So what does that mean? Because where are we going to get our wheat from? You see, the thing of it is, is the hearing of that and the rumors of that will bring instability to your own life if you allow it to. That's why it's so important that you look at this. He says, these things must come to pass. See that? It's going to happen. Very important. I've got a little note here I'm going to read to you just a second, but the end is not yet. It says, for all these things must come to pass. It's going to happen. See, but the people of God have some inside information on this, don't we? We know it's going to happen. Now remember that. If it's going to happen, and before we get out of this, I just showed you on the second page, he talks about preparation. Preparing, if it's going to happen, then let's prepare for it. Let's do what we can to prepare for this. Now watch this. Go to verse 7. For nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against king. There shall be famines, pestilence, and earthquakes in diverse places. Now listen to me. What I have just spoken to you in verse 6 and in verse 7, these are definite events. These are absolutes. These are definite events. They are going to happen. You see that? Very important. All right, verse 8. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Now, in verse 9, it starts off with the word then. Circle the word then. Mark it. Then. That word then is very, very important to us. Then. That means this is going to happen then. See that? Very important. Verse 9. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you and shall be hated and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. What's that got to do with it? How'd we wind up stuck in that thing? Where'd that come from? Man, I thought we were doing all right. But then all of a sudden it says then. Then. You know, when Nero started burning Rome, then he blamed the Christians for burning Rome. You need to write out beside verse 9, Christians will be blamed. Christians will be blamed. Somebody's got to take the blame for this. Christians will be blamed. That's why it's in there. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Why, what I do? 
What did we do? Nothing. But he, he put that in there, didn't he? Yeah. Do you know why? Because the world is going to blame Christians right. for the turmoil and the trouble. They got to blame somebody. Amen. And they might as well blame you. Since the Amen. world is at enmity with God, the world hates God. Yeah. So the world is going to accuse God. Yeah, that's right. Verse 10. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. Boy, I've got so many notes on this verse, I could have spent the hour on this one verse. Amen. Let me show you something. And then. See that? Verse 9 starts off with then. Verse 9 tells us of a bad situation. And then verse says, and then. In other words, after you become the target, and then. See that? Well, watch this. Shall many, circle many, uh, there you go. See the word offended? Yeah. Now the word offended, we look at that word and we say, okay, well, I was offended. That's not what that word means uh, in this modern day. What does that word mean? You look it up, it's got all kinds of meanings to it. But offended, here's what it means, all right? In other words, I've been offended I don't like Christianity no more. Yeah. I was offended. I don't like the preaching of the Word of God anymore. Yeah. Uh, I, I, that offended me. I'm leaving. Yeah. All right? Well, you ought to leave that. I don't see why you would sit in a church like that and listen to that stuff. So what you find is that word offended means entrapped and enticed to sin. You've been persuaded to do something else. You've been persuaded that it's wrong, so it offends you. You've been persuaded that the preaching of the Word of God in honesty and purity and in power is offensive to you. So you, you need to go do something else. You need to hate that preacher. You need to hate those people. You need to dislike those people for the truths that they preach. So that person becomes persuaded to their own ruin. When it says, and then shall many, in other words, because of the persecution of Christians, there's going to be some professing Christians that are not saved, and they're just going to say, that's offensive to me, I'm out of here. Well, man, did you see what they done to them? They took their house. They done this. They put them in jail. I don't want none of the none, none of the man. If I was you, I'd get out of that stuff while they're getting good. And out they go. The lost is going to leave. Why? Because they've been uh, offended. And then that offense means that somebody else has persuaded them and enticed them to sin. Against the true believers, look at this, and shall betray one another. That word betray, when you look it up, it means in every way. All right, you're going to betray them in every way. You're not going to be just betraying them in one way. You're going to be betraying them in every way. 
whether whether it be by mouth, word, whether it be by deed or action, however it is, you're going to betray them and shall hate one another. So what you find then is that, and then, you know how we, we say, well, you can fool some of the people some of the time, but you can't fool all the people all the time. Well, that's what this verse is all about. The laws that are amongst us are going to be revealed. How? The saved will persevere in persecution. The lost will be offended and betray the truly saved, blood-washed, born-again people of God. And then shall many... Be offended. Guess what that many tells me? Listen to me. That word many tells me there's a multitude. There's millions and thousands of people sitting in churches that's lost, dying, and going to hell. They might have walked the aisle. They might have their name on the first church of the refrigerator. They might have walked down the aisle and shook hands with Jack Frost. But I want to tell you something their name's not written in the Lamb's book of life. And it says, and then shall many be offended. Where are those many at? They're sitting in the house of God, living with the people of God. And then what are they going to do? They're going to be entrapped and enticed to sin against the people. Look at that. Look at what they're going to do. And they shall betray one another and shall hate one another. That's totally contrary to Christian belief, isn't it? That's totally contrary to what the saved are going to do. That's totally contrary to what a saved person does, isn't it? You see, ladies and gentlemen, what we're looking at here in verse 10 is a tremendous, powerful verse. What do we find? These people used to shake your hand, pat you on the back, sit at the table in the house of God and eat food with you. Now all of a sudden, buddy, when persecution comes, they're going to turn on you like a rabid dog. There's not going to be any loyalty nor allegiance to you as a saved person whatsoever. They might say, where are you meeting? Where are they meeting at? Well, they're meeting down there, buddy. And they meet at this time and this time and this time. And there's the leader and he's the leader and he's the leader. If you don't want to meet them there, here's where they live. They will betray you in every way. Boy, the Lord's telling them some interesting stuff, isn't He? Drop down to verse 11. And many, there's that word many again, false prophets shall arise and shall deceive many. Wow. Wow. Millions are going to be involved in this religious deception. And verse 11, and many false prophets. In other words, there in verse 11, and many millions of false prophets shall arise. Boy, they're going to be everywhere. And look what it says, and shall deceive many. See how he uses the word many? It's going to take a million of them to deceive a million of them. It's going to be 
religious deception to the max. Satan himself has transformed him, transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it's no great thing that his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness. Verse 13, I mean, verse 12. And because iniquity shall abound, now circle that, mark that. You need to mark that. The love of many shall wax cold. Now listen to me. The word iniquity here in this context, iniquity means complete disregard for the law and authority. All right? right? That's what that word iniquity means. Because iniquity shall abound. In other words, there's going to be a complete disregard for the law and authority. It said, in love of many shall wax cold. That's because there's going to be no absolutes. You see that? In other words, these people, because they have no regard for law and authority, man, love is not going to be involved in anything. They're not going to look at the law of man, the law of God, nothing. They're going to, it's not going to be based on love. Amen. It's just going to be based on lust. Yep. <clears throat> Look at America today. How many people live together without being married? Right. <clears throat> and then when they get tired of one another, they just walk off. Yep. You see, what we find is they have no Regard for the law of God at all. And the love of many shall wax cold. Why? Well, you don't need love no more. It's just living off lust. Then it says, but he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Just think about this. There's going to be some born again people. What an encouragement. He throws that statement in there to let people know if you live through this, don't worry about it. You're saved. You're going to be saved. You're saved. You're going to heaven. You're going to be with me. If you live through this. And that's what he's making this. He just throws that statement in there. But he that shall endure to the end. And that word endure is a powerful word. All right. The same shall be saved. He's telling these people, if you live through this, I want you to know you're going to be saved. Don't worry about it. Boy, what an encouragement. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Now go to verse 14. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, then shall the end come. Yeah. Oh, now I told you up there in verse 3, it said in the end uh, is not coming yet. In the end of the world, they asked that, and Jesus makes the statement down there, well, the end is not yet. Right? But now he says, then shall the end come. Well, hey, look at this now. Now, look up here for a second. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness. Now, wait a minute. You've got millions of false prophets preaching. 
You've got all of this iniquity. So now listen to me and listen close, all of you people, and tell this to everybody you talk to. What you have, you have the true amongst the false. There's somebody here, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world. Well, man, you've got the true preachers preaching the truth amongst all of these millions of false prophets of spreading lies. Don't you? We just read it. False prophets, many shall be deceived. See that? So when I look at this, and then it says, then shall the end come. You want to watch something? Look at the spread of the gospel. Where it's going to. Oh, that's important. But know this. What is so important for you and me today is this. Here you have the true existing and working at the same time as all the false prophets. You better be careful what voice you hear. You better be careful of what voice you listen to. Because there's many false prophets. Right? Many. But here you have the true amongst the false. Whoa. You better take the word of God and find out the truth. Look in verse 15. When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, whoso readeth, let him understand. That's a key right there. If you're going to read it, you've got to understand it. All right. <clears throat> now, I want you to drop down to verse 22. And watch this. Except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. For the elect's sake. God has His elect, and for their sake, He's going to do something. He's going to shorten these Days. Verse 23 starts off with the word then. See that? Then. If any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. Here and there. <clears throat> Boy, I bet you, each month I get all kinds of paperwork out here in this mailbox. And... Uh, it talks about revivals. It talks about this. talks about all this stuff. Here's Christ. Boy, he's really working here. There's Christ. He's really working here. Right? You're always, you're always hearing something that's just exciting almost. Come over here. Man, Christ is working here. Come over there. Go over there. Christ is working there. And uh, look what he says. Believe it not. Here and there. Boy, he's here. He's there. Uh, that's like this 
Asbury Revival. I, I mean, that, that's, a, that's the biggest demon-driven thing Amen, right. going right now. Amen. Over the years, I've seen them have they laughing revivals and uh-huh. falling down revivals and all kinds of lies, 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 lies from all these false prophets. Right. Listen to me. The reality of it is this. Well, go there. There's Christ over there. Go over there. He's over there. And man, come over here. Go over there. Guess what? The Word of God said, Then if any man say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, and there believe it not. Jesus is addressing the issue of hyper-religion. Boy, what do we find today in, in these churches, if you want to call them that? Yeah. Boy, they, what do you find in that? It's all this, go there, go here. We want something. Now watch what happens. Verse 24, For there shall arise false Christ and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. That is a warning, isn't it? That's not saying go there and look at it. That's not saying come over here and see it. No, no, a thousand times. No, it's a warning. Listen. So now you've got the truth amongst the false. And the false has a strong deception to it. If it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. I want you to know something. When you hear this, come over here. Go over there. Listen to this. For there shall arise false Christ, false prophets, so many of these souped-up ministries, yeah. man, they're all founded off of signs and wonders and lying wonders. Yeah, that's right. I mean, my goodness, you go back to the days of old Catherine Kuhlman walking around in her big robe and long fingernails. She looked more like she needed to take a ride on a broom than go to preach in a pulpit. <clears throat> And the uh, boy, people flock to her. We find this wickedness, and it's false wickedness. Right. God never called a woman to preach. Right. Right. Boy, there's a woman on television, and boy, she can pack them out fourteen, fifteen thousand. Isn't that right? Yeah. You know what the difference is? She's not going to preach the truth from the Word of God because it's going to affect her. As long as you're giving you her money, big deal. The reality of it is this. When you compare what's happening there to the Word of God, it's going to reveal we're looking at a warning from the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. Verse 26. Wherefore, if they shall say, here we are again, unto you, behold, he is in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he is in the secret chambers, believe it not. Let me ask you a question. See where it says, wherefore, if they say, you need to circle that. 
If they say, who is the they? Who's the they? It's the religious crowd. The they is the religious crowd. They're going to tell you, oh man, you need to come over here. They're having a really big revival. Oh man, you ought to come over here. The Spirit of God's really moving. Oh, you need to come over here. Listen, <clears throat> if they say unto you, Behold, he's in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he's in the secret chamber. Believe it not. Now listen to me. Just think about this. We sit here dealing with the truth. But when Benny the chicken hen was working around, he'd have laughed at us. He'd said, oh, they just got 30 or 40 people. Don't you worry about them. What are they? Look at it. We got thousands here. These people that have these, like, like these Pentecostal Assembly of God liars. Yeah. Yeah. You look at them, man. They log them in, don't they? Yeah. But they laugh at you. Yeah. But the Word of God tells you and me, don't believe them. Right. When they say, "Man, we're healing holes and donuts," <clears throat> don't believe it. Christ is here working, man. We're, we're, we're looking at what we're doing. The Bible says don't believe it. Right. You see, when you take the Word of God, wherefore if they shall say unto you, they attract people because of their great signs and lying wonders. Yeah. Amen. That's how they get them there. I remember back in the 50s, boy, when all Roberts was going strong. Man, he could pitch a tent out in the desert somewhere and thousands would have showed up to get healed. Yeah. But he forgot to tell a whole bunch of them you had got to pay $100 or more. You see, he wasn't nothing but a liar himself. Well, he's dying and choking in the smoke of hell today along with a bunch of others. But notice this now. Don't forget this. Don't forget this. The truth is amongst the wicked. They might have a monopoly on deception, but we have a monopoly on truth. Page two, real quick. All right, go to verse 31. Now, you're going to talk about the second coming. If you notice, I got it labeled for you the second coming, the parable of the fig tree, the days of Noah. All right, then watch this. Verse 31. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet. And they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. See that word elect? Write this out at the edge of your paper. Elect. It means that which has been chosen. 
Yeah. Elect, write it down, that which has been chosen. Right. Okay? They shall gather together His, circle it, His elect. His elect. The ones He has chosen. Amen. You see that? Amen. You know what's amazing about that? I think it's, just, it's wonderful. And he shall send his angels with great sound of a trumpet and they shall gather together his elect. You know something? How do all of those angels know who his elect are? He just said, how, how, how do they know that? What is it that's with them that allows them to know that is one of God's chosen? It's because of the presence of the Holy Spirit dwelling within you. That's it. The religious people don't have that. Only those that has been chosen by Him have that. That's what it says. Now watch this. You talk about encouragement. You're sitting here today, you're truly saved, blood washed, born again, child of God. You're marked. You're marked by God. To the point that the angels even know who you belong to. The devils in hell know who you belong to. You're marked. You're spiritually marked. You're on your way to heaven. Amen. Period. Right. That's it. Amen. God has chosen you, yeah. and God does not unchoose anybody. Amen. These liars want to tell some people, well, you can get saved and get lost and get saved and get lost. Well, they can do that. That's because they've never been truly born again. Their salvation rests in them. But when God saves somebody and purchases somebody, that is eternal redemption. That's what God does. Now watch this. Drop down to verse 33. So likewise, when ye shall see all these things, know that it is near even at the doors. I like that. I I wanted to read that to you first. Now let's read verse 32 and put it in context. Now learn a parable of the fig tree. When his branches is yet tender and put it forth leaves, ye know that summer is nigh. Now look what he says. So likewise, when ye shall see all these things, know that it is near even the even at the doors. Right. Folks, are you now listen? I'm fixing to show you some very important things here. Can you see it? Yep. Can you see some of the stuff that's happening around you? Yes. Religiously speaking, can you see it? Yeah. Can you hear it? Yeah. Do you recognize the fact that there's been an explosion? Of many false prophets. 
But boy, when he speaks about the preachers of truth, does he say many? No. He just teaches you and me that the presence of the truth is still here. That's wonderful, isn't it? Amongst all of that false prophets, false preaching, everything, the truth is still here. And then he says, I know who the elect are. I know whom I've chosen. That's what Jesus said. I know whom I've chosen. And one of you is the devil. And watch this. Verse 34 and 35, under that parable of the fig tree there. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all these things be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. I want you to know something. That little word fulfilled is interesting to us. But there's something else here that we've got to see. The eternal word of God Guess what that is? That His Word is a truthful evident of what He's telling us. Right. He said, My Word shall not pass away. That eternal Word, is, that's God's Word. Right. It's the truthful evidence of what He's saying to you and me. Listen, if the word of God does not come true, God's a liar. That's right. Amen. God has written it down. When Jesus said, see all this temple and all this stuff? Well, there's not going to be one stone sitting on top of another. Guess what? If it did not happen, Jesus would have been a liar. <laughs> but her and I saw the outcome of that. There wasn't no two of them stones sitting on top of one another. You see, God's word is truthful evidence of what God tells us is going to happen. All right, verse 36, under the days of Noah. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, know not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Time setters are liars. In my lifetime, boy, I've seen people gather around in California on the mountains because Jesus was coming. Uh, The Jehovah's Witnesses have said Jesus is coming several times. It ain't never happened yet. No man knows the day nor the hour. But yet people will follow somebody that says they know the day and the hour. Isn't that amazing? You see, folks, listen, when you get into the Word of God, it'll straighten you out. If somebody's a time-setter, they're lying to you. But somebody always accepts the lie. Verse 37. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Now guess what? That's a sign. You can write out beside that. This is a sign. God said this is a sign as the days of Noah were, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Were and be. You see that? Now I'm going to show you something here that, that you, boy, 
you, you really need to see this. Verse 38, watch this now. For as in the days of Noah, for in the, for in the days that were, pardon me, for as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. Let me ask you a question. Why in the world is marriage mentioned there? What's that got to do with it? You see, why is marriage mentioned? Well, let me tell you something. The weight of the sodomite sin had broken the back of morality and family. The first institution that God instituted was the family. And they were eating, drinking, marrying, and giving in marriage. Why was that mentioned? Why do you mention marriage? Because we need to look at it. What's happening today? Amen. Man, marriage has almost become non-existent. Yeah, that's right. Why marriage has become totally corrupted by the sodomites just like it was back then. Yeah, that's right. Marriage and family has become so corrupted it's unbelievable. A school bus driver told a lady right to her face, said the minute your child steps on this school bus, that child's no longer yours. That's, uh, the kids that step on my school bus belong to the state. You see, what we find, why is marriage listened here? Because it's something that can be watched down through the centuries. And ladies and gentlemen, you and I need to slow down long enough to look at what's happening. Just like the weight of the sodomite sin had broken the back of morality and family back then, the weight of the sodomite sin of today is breaking the back boy and the morality of family today. It's a sad day when our culture will let two men adopt two boys. That lets us know we're bouncing off the bottom, honey. You better look up. Your redemption draws nigh. Watch this now. Go to verse 38. And knew not until the flood came and took them all away. The lost, deceived, immoral, self-centered people. Man, they knew not the things of God and did not want to know the things of God. And knew not until. You see... So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Now watch this. Here is a warning. Be prepared. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. And knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Listen, I want you to know something. The lost, self-centered People of today who live according to their will and not the will of the Father think everything's okay 
That's the way it was before the flood. But the flood came in and took them all away. So, look what it said. Also, look what it says. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. I want you to know Jesus is coming. And boy, when He comes, the saved are leaving this place. But there's going to be still place. Some of you sitting here today, guess what? If He happened right now, you would still be sitting here. Right. Some of you in this little congregation right here, some of you folks would still be sitting here. Yeah. Poof, gone, you'd be sitting here. You look around and say, what happened? Then all of a sudden, Bible verses might come into your mind. Not everyone that saith me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Right. But he that doeth the will right. of my Father. Amen. That's the marks of a saved person. That's right. The marks of the unsaved person is simply this. Nah, I like it like this. I'll do it like this. I want to do it like this. I'll do it like this. Guess what? You're just screaming at me. I'm lost. I'm lost. I'm lost. I'm lost. See, you think you're okay because you're in charge. But I want you to know something. Can you keep yourself from dying? You're not in charge. Can you say, I'm not going to die today and the doctor says, you're dying today and he said, no, I'm not. And God says, yeah, you are. It's appointed that a man wants to die. Then comes the judgment. God set that appointment. And you're going to keep it. Watch this now. Go to verse 42. Watch therefore. Watch therefore. For you know not what hour your Lord doth come. It's a warning. Prepare. Prepare. Verse 44. Therefore be ye also ready. For in such an hour as ye think not the Son of Man cometh. Be ready. Be ready. Be ready. Therefore be ye also ready. Are you Ready right now for the coming of the Lord. Are you ready in such an hour as you think not the Son of Man cometh? Listen, this is Matthew 24 we're talking about here. That great passage that everybody's written volumes on. And look how it ends. He talks about preparation. Prepared. The only way you can prepare for the coming of the Lord. You've got to be saved. Salvation is the preparation. Even Jesus said, not my will, but thine be done. Jesus surrendered his will. God the Son surrendered His will to God the Father. That's right. 
Do you have desire for the things of God? Do you have desire to have the will of God in your life? Do you have a desire for truth? Do you have a desire for a conscience toward God? Do you have a desire to be ready when Jesus comes? Well, move to the last part. A faithful and wise servant and the evil servant. It's amazing how Matthew 24 ends, isn't it? It doesn't end with a great thing about prophecy and all this stuff. It ends by telling everybody, be ready. But then the last couple of verses of Matthew 24 talks about a good preacher and a bad preacher. Have you ever seen that before? Have you ever realized that? That's amazing, isn't it? Why, why, would, why would God want to end such a powerful, prophetic passage of Scripture by talking about the difference between two preachers? Yeah. Because He already has mentioned it a bunch of times. Yeah. Amen. The false prophets, false prophets, false prophets, hadn't He? Yep. Sure has. Watch this. Let's look at this first, verse 45. Who then is a faithful and wise servant whom his Lord hath made ruler over his household to give them meat in due season? But what did the Lord tell Peter? Feed my sheep, didn't he? Feed my sheep. Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Verily I say unto you, that he shall make him ruler over all his goods. I don't know about you, but boy, I want the Lord to catch me preaching his word to you. I want the Lord to catch me teaching his word to you. I want to listen. When, When the Lord told Peter, feed my sheep, he wasn't talking about grass oats and weeds he was talking about feeding them with the word of God feed their souls and so we find here Matthew 24 ends with look at this guy here there's somebody that's going to feed the sheep of God to feed them, to give them meat into season. Verily I say unto you, in verse 47, that he shall make him ruler over all his goods. I don't know about you, but I'm telling you what, that keeps my feet to the fire. Verse 48, And if that evil servant shall say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming... And shall begin to smite his fellow servants and to eat and drink with his with the drunken. The Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he looketh not for him, and in an hour that he is not aware of, and shall cut him asunder and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. Underline that statement. Appoint him his 
portion with the hypocrites. In other words, this evil servant, this evil preacher is going to be a first class hypocrite. He's going to act like something he's not. He's going to live contrary to an honest calling of God. He's going to live after himself. Or today you say herself. Uh-huh. It's interesting. I read an article. Joyce Myers, one of the richest women in America. Yeah, no doubt. You see, cut him asunder and appoint him his portion with, with the hypocrites. Yeah. With the. How do you like that? It almost sounds like God's got a special spot for the hypocrites. Doesn't it? With the hypocrites. In other words, he's not alone, she's not alone, I'm going to put them all in one pot together and boil them. That's it. You see, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you've learned something today. Amen. Out of this chapter. Amen. We've talked about false prophets. We've talked about many. We've talked about deception. We've talked about marriage. We've talked about a sign. We've talked about the elect. We've talked about being prepared. We've talked about a good preacher and a bad preacher. Yeah. Very, very important. Know this. Know this. You better know for sure you're saved. That God has saved you. If you were to die right now, do you know for sure you're going to be with the Lord? You better ask yourself that question. Are you willing to meet God with the life you're living right now for Him? Or would you be ashamed of the life you've lived before Him? How is it with you right now? In just a moment, we're going to dismiss. But what about you? When you walk out those doors in a moment, are you walking comfortably on your way to hell? Or are you on your way to heaven? Those that were offended, wow. Well, they turned on the truly saved, didn't they? I want you to know something. If you're sitting here, and you're not truly born again, you might be as religious as a Muslim, religious as a Jehovah's Witness, religious as a Mormon. But you're sitting in a Baptist church on your way to hell this morning. Yeah. That's tragic. Yeah. Know this. And know it well. 
you, if God's spoken to your heart any at all, boy, you ought to cry to heaven, dear God, save my wretched soul. I can remember being in a Russian church in Fungstadt, Germany. Herr Lovan was preaching. He finished preaching and an old Russian fellow come up to the front, knelt down there with tears in his eyes and looked up at Herr Lovan and said, pray for me that God would save me. I'm not saved. Boy, what about you? Is your testimony one of a saved person or is your testimony one of an unsaved person? When other saved people see you, do they say, he's saved, she's saved, they're saved? Or when other people see you, they, they say, I don't know. Yeah. Question mark. Remember, it's not how you see it, it's how God sees it. If you've got any questions, when we end this service, I'm going to do something different. I'll be right here waiting for you. If you've got a question, come ask me. I'll wait for you. If you don't, walk on out the door. Go. But if God stirred your soul at all, you better respond to God. Because listen to me now. God said, my spirit shall not always strive with man. There's a time when God says, I'm done with you. If that's the way you want it, I'm done with you. God's in charge. Let's all stand if you would please.